Welcome to the Midman Podcast, a podcast focused on helping you level up your practice. I'm Jesse Arnoldson. And I'm Jay Holmes. Through interviews with some of the most successful leaders in the industry, we help uncover resources, tools, and ideas to help you level up. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's program. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Midman Podcast. This is your host, Jesse. This week, we're going to try something a little bit different and dive deeper into a couple of very important topics that are top of mind. Right now, I'm joined by our very own Jay Holmes. We're going to be discussing something specific to finance. Here at the end of the year, we're all scrambling to close up 2020, all of our finances, our books, our month end, year end, but we're also looking on to 2021. And right now, if it isn't top of mind for you, it should be. We're going to be talking about budgets. Jay, welcome to the podcast again. Jesse, thanks, man. It's good to be on the other side of the mic here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jay, like I said in the introduction, we, you know, this is something that that should be top of mind for all practice managers. It's got to be weighing heavy. Jay, I wanted to dive deeper into a discussion with you about budgets, why they're important and what they can actually do for us, as well as some best practices. First of all, let's just talk about the reasons why we would need to be putting together a budget for 2021. Yeah, you know, the you know, I think budgets could be one of those, I don't know, you know, most people think of a budget as a punishment tool and you know, they use it to use it to measure how bad you are, how bad you are at predicting. And right, unfortunately, right. or to say know, no, right? Like no to everything. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and there's just so much negative connotation around budgets. But in my mind, budgets are one of the best tools that a manager has because it forces us to think about how our organization interacts with certain things, income and expenses. And then it allows for a process of reflection. And, you know, when you make assumptions, then reflect on what actually happened and then revise those assumptions. That's how you learn. And oftentimes when you run a business, you've got these ideas in your head about how things really work, but you don't really come to reality and say, no, actually, this is how it works because the picture is always a little bit, you know, brighter and nicer in our head rather than reality. But a budget does that. And, and I think the more we can face those facts, um, the better manager we can be, better decisions we can make. Absolutely. I think it keeps you close to the business, right? You, know, you talked about reflecting. If you can go a few years or many years without taking a look at your books closely like that, like, like, like what it requires you to do in, in creating a budget, expenses can get away from you. The, the, the pulse of the practice, the revenue, the expenses, it can just, you can become disconnected. If nothing else, it's a great exercise to keep you close to what's going on and help you make those better decisions you talked about, right? You bet. You know, for most people, myself included, you always think revenue is higher than it is and you always think expenses are less than they are. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, just because, yeah. you know, that's what we do, you know, we're human beings. So, so we, we right. want that, you know, rosy picture in our mind. But in, in while, you know, facing the fact that revenue will be a little less than you think and expenses will be a little bit more, that's okay. Because if you don't have that reality, then it makes it even harder to, to forecast and, and make good decisions. And, you know, something else just to, to throw in there that oftentimes we're in a ad, ad, ad mentality. And, right. you know, very few times do we stop and reflect and say all those things that we added, you know, the subscriptions or this added cost, we don't really stop and say, is that still needed? Is that still creating value? And this is an opportunity for that as well. To say, man, you know, we've got five different subscriptions for, you know, continuing education or this or that. And, and our, you know, all of them are really doing something for us. Maybe we mm -hmm. should, you know, pair some back and, and this is a great time to reflect on that too. 
Absolutely. You know, one thought I had, Jay, and I'd like to get your kind of feedback on it. I, I was talking with a manager the other day. They're like, look, man, I, you know, I'm just not a finance guy. That is just not my thing. The doctor loves that kind of stuff. So I just, I just let her do it. And, you know, since that conversation with that manager, I've been thinking about the fact that none of the decisions we make in a practice exist in a silo. Like there's no, there's no marketing decision that is just a marketing decision, no HR decisions. It's just an HR decision. All of these things are connected. And so if you are not a people person or not a finance person, you can't be making great decisions if you're thinking about these things in silos. So if you're making operations, marketing, inventory, people, people decisions without some sort of financial implications included, you're doing a disservice. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, my background, of course, is accounting and, and, you know, the accounting is a language of business as, you know, accountants say it. And it's not that, you know, practice managers need to know accounting in depth or finances in depth, but you certainly need to know how to read the book. And, right. and by reading the book, you're gaining information. And to say that, you know, I'm going to leave the finances on one side, the unfortunate fact is that if you're the business, the clinic isn't making money, you don't have a clinic. And so right. while you can make people decisions and all these other decisions, if there's not cohesion in it all so that there's profitability and money to pay for everything, then, you know, you're missing out on such a huge component and you really, it's, you know, it's all interconnected. And, and so getting that picture clear is so important. So it's not that you have to be an expert and you have to be an accountant, you have to you know, be a finance person, but you do need to understand. You need to know how to read that book. Absolutely. Well, Jay, you know, take us down the, the path of, of what makes up a budget. Can you describe some maybe, maybe high level or main components of what an operating budget should have? Absolutely. When I think about a budget, I break it down to three or four parts. And, you know, really most have three and, and the fourth is just thinking about debt and debt servicing. But in my mind, the budget, you're really taking your expenses non-payroll expenses, you're taking your payroll and then you're taking your revenue and you're creating forecasts and a model that you can then predict what will happen in the future. And so let's just jump into that, the non-payroll operating expenses. I'll kind of walk you through, you know, what I generally do and, you know, accounting software these days makes it pretty, pretty easy to do this, but I like to get, you know, a 12 to 24 month historical P&L. And yeah. from that, and, and break it out by month. And that's really easy to do in, in a, you know, a software like QuickBooks. And then use that as the basis to then predict what's going to happen in the future. I like to take a couple different views of that. And so I'll, I'll take you know, a column and, and do an average of the expenses. I'll do one with a total. Um, and then I'll have another column just to, as I understand, and as you build the budget, what, what you really need to think about in this, the non-payroll operating expenses is that you got to think through what drives this expense. And for different expenses, you know, there's certain drivers. Sometimes it's a contract like rent or, a, you know, a fixed fee that, that will change on a certain month of the year based on a contract. Okay. Other expenses are based on volume. You know, a lot of expenses are tied to how many patients come in the door. And sometimes it's on how many patients, how many visits. Sometimes it's on how many people you have employed. And so those are the things you start thinking about to say, okay, well, if revenue goes up or patients go up or or payroll goes up, I can create, you know, a, an equation here that better predicts what will happen in the future. So that makes sense. You're really trying to create the dynamic budget where you've got this template. And then what you can do is you can update the revenue side and everything else will interact with that. So that's kind of the first step is looking at the, the operating expenses. And, and then of course, you know, you, you can, hey, you really have two decisions of, you know, either 
pulling a divide by 12 and pulling it across as kind mm-hmm. of this averaged expense. Or you're going to have times, you know, let's just say you, you have, you pay real estate taxes or uh, malpractice insurance and things like that, where you want to insert those expenses when you know you're going to pay them because they're not really flat throughout the year. And so then the goal, of course, is, you know, you have, you have the, the expense side done. And generally, this is the easier thing to predict because you have right. historical information and it's a little bit easier to predict, you know, okay, we're going we're gonna to try to hire an extra MA or maybe a, an, another nurse. And those costs are um, easier because just because you have historical data and you, you know how much you're going to offer the, the MA, perhaps. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Well, tell me about the other side of the coin, revenue. You know, how, how, how do you approach that side of it? Revenues, you know, can be as complicated or as simple as, as you want it. And the main goal here always is to come up with a model that based on the input gets you close to where you're going to be. And what I mean by that is that, right. you know, you, you can take a, a work RVU approach and break it down by provider and say, okay, this is how many work RVUs we expect each provider to to have in a given month. Or you can go as simple as for the entire practice, this is how many visits we expect on a monthly basis. Now, what is important though, is that if you know on average that, you know, your reimbursement's $160 per visit, that the next month, if you predict we're going to have, let's just say 700 visits in the month and for an X dollar of revenue, the next month, if you hit that visit count, your revenue should be pretty accurate. Mm -hmm. And so, so I generally lean to a very, you know, more simplistic approach until you're variance is off. And so what would happen is if you, you know, you said, okay, well, let's try the simple approach of just visits. And then the next month you hit your 900 visits or 700 visits or, or whatever that you expected, but you're five to 10% off in your revenue. Now right. that's a time to pause and say, you know what, maybe we need something a little bit more sophisticated. Maybe, you know, our assumptions aren't quite right. So let's either, maybe it was the, the per visit reimbursement was off. Maybe it's a different fee schedule, new contracts or that. But the goal is to, you know, to get about a five-ish percent variance of if you hit your variable, which is the visit count, mm-hmm. you should be five-ish percent from, you know, that revenue. That makes sense. Jay, how often are you comparing against your budget? How often are you looking at it? Budgets, you know, generally for, for most practices, it's a, it's a monthly, it's a, it's a monthly cadence. And where I see it most used is you, in the beginning of the year, you get, get your budget done. And then you put it in your accounting software. And that makes it really easy to compare budget to actual. Right. And, and you know, the beauty of that is that then you get a report. And oftentimes what I'll do is I'll, I'll export that to an Excel file as well. Because then I can actually go line by line and enter in, you know, type in what, what caused the differences. Mm-hmm. And it's not just so that I can report to someone else. It's so I can get a better understanding. The question I like to ask is, is the variance something explainable or is there something wrong with my assumption, right? And, and if it's one of those things where, hey, we didn't realize this and, you know, something happened out of the ordinary and we incurred this expense, perfect. But if it was, you know, nothing really happened that was different than what we thought, but our expenses are higher and lower, I want to then learn from that so that yeah. the next time I do a budget, I can change my assumptions so that I can get better over time. Because the greatest thing, and I should have said this in the beginning, the greatest thing about a budget is that no matter what, it's going to be wrong. So as long as you go into it with that thought process, right. you're going to feel okay. But the goal is to be less wrong over time. <laughs> right. And as long as right. you can do right. that, you know, you're winning the game because you can never predict what's going to happen, right? Yeah. You, you just can't. And so you can get close, but more, more you want to get better at understanding the relationships between higher volume or lower volume in growth 
and, and those sort of things. Absolutely. You know, you touched on something. You said it's mainly for you to get to know, understand the business better and become a better forecaster and, and, and more accurate. But to a certain extent, as a practice manager, you are expected to present this to the physician owners. You know, can you, can you maybe riff a little bit on, on that subject about what you should be keeping in mind as you're preparing these things for your, the audience that you're going to be presenting to? Yeah, Jesse, you know, you think, you think about it, and I think the practice manager's role is to give confidence to the owners about your understanding of the future. That, yeah. that you understand where the business is going, where the clinic's going financially. And the budget, where the budget falls in that is that the budget is your expectation of what's going to happen in the future, okay? And so then if you use the budget, kind of, you know, rewind just a little bit and say in that monthly format of the budget to actual and go through that, then what you're basically doing is you're saying, hey, this is what we thought. This is why it's not, didn't happen that way. Mm-hmm. And and either this is what I'm going to do about it going forward, or this is what I've learned from it, you know, and it helps that dialogue and it really helps right. build the confidence. And, and it's nothing to say that, you know, I, I think that what you should be insecure about as a manager isn't the fact that you're saying, hey, the results were different, but I'm not even going to look at it and I'm not going to learn from it. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to get past that and say, hey, this is what we thought from all the you know information we had. We learned something and this is going to change our course slightly moving forward. And let me tell you how. Right. Right. And that, that, in my mind, really builds confidence because you're learning as you're going and you're saying that I'm looking at this closely and we still have control. Both hands are still on the wheel here, mm-hmm. right? There was a bump. We went around it. This is what we learned from it. And we're making a course correction. And I really think that, right. you know, it, it provides a, a, a good framework and it certainly allows, because I know a lot of managers get into, you know, they get pulled into things that aren't that efficient. Like, mm-hmm. You know, you might have a doc that comes in and says, hey, what's going on with this in the middle of the month? And, you know, it might be an anomaly. It might be just because the books aren't closed yet and things aren't smoothed out, but it just wastes a lot of time. So by going over this in kind of a monthly cadence, you're, you're really creating efficiencies that, hey, this is the time to talk about stuff. You know, if we want to gather questions, let's throw them in this time. And so I, I think that it helps in a lot of ways. Set yourself up to, to have you know, sometimes hard, hard conversations, other times just, you know, pretty transparent ones. Right. You know, it's been my experience, Jay, that, you know, you really have 12 times a year to be schooled in how good or how bad of a forecaster you are, right? Like that's (laughs) how you have to look at it. There are 12 times a year to learn at how good you are at forecasting and keeping expenses controlled. And that's not that many, you know, if you really think about it. And so you really have to take advantage of each one, the the month-end process, going through all of your financial statements, referring back to the budget and then presenting back to the docs. I mean, those are golden moments to become, you know, I know that we're not expected to become CPAs, but we should become expert in this, in this part in running the financials of our practices, right? Yeah, absolutely. Especially when you think about your own practice, right? I think the challenge of, you know, looking back at my career, the biggest challenge is seeing all sorts of different financial statements and all different complexities of different businesses. But really to master your own clinic. It, yeah, it's not, it's not you know, uh, a challenge that, that you can't overcome, certainly. Right. There's things that you'll learn and it does, just doesn't change that much that often. Yeah. Well, you know, I have a question for you. There have been times where, you know, mid, mid-year, something weird happens. Like, uh, you know, maybe you bring on another doctor or maybe a pandemic hits. And, and these are things that just you couldn't have planned for, couldn't have foreseen, but they're going to make a significant difference in the financials of, of your business. Is it fair 
to change the budget? Do you ever go and try and change the budget or is it something that you keep sacred and, and static? What are your thoughts there? Jesse, great question, man. I have tried not to change the budget over time, over, over this period that you set. And, and, I, and that's because I really do think that it helps you, know, you fine tune and learn by really saying, hey, these are the assumptions back whenever you started. And so I tend not to change the budget. However, there are always times, you know, March 2020, certainly right. a good time to change the budget. And say <laughs> Whatever we thought, where we're going right now is not going to look anything like it, nor could we even possibly imagine right. where we're going to go. And so really, there's no sense in, you know, comparing yourself to something that is so far out of reality. Now, mm-hmm. are we going to have pandemics often? No, of course not, right? Oh, I hope and, not. And so, you know, maybe a new provider comes in that was unexpected. So that's going to throw things off a little bit. Now, you know, I still would then say, you know what, maybe instead of, if you know change is coming, and I see this a lot, and I, and I like it, is that if you know things are, are going to change, if you, if you know the change, or, or there's just uncertainty. And, you know, we talk about the beginning and you're starting a practice up or you're going to bring on one, two, three providers and you just don't know how that mix up is going to happen. I often see, you know, shortening your budgeting process to maybe a quarterly mm-hmm. time frame. And that way you can say, OK, we're going we're, we're to put together a quarterly budget and we're going to run with it. We know that, you know, things are going to change fast enough that in three months we, we have hoped to have learned a lot that we can adjust again for another three months. And so I see that as a a way to get away from this rigidity of 12 months from now, we hope we can predict it. Now, there's plenty of times and plenty of practices where things move along pretty steady. And so, you know, that 12-month budget works really well. Now, I will say that I have a budget, create a budget for, you know, the organization, certainly for MedMen and and other organizations on an annual basis. But what I also do is I have a forecast. And really, those things are both the same. Same thing, just different names. However, I use the forecast as more of a tool that I update on a month-to-month basis. Mm-hmm. And that helps me better predict where we're going in the sense that I can make more real-time tweaks yeah. and kind of test new assumptions as I go. And then basically what happens is, is that as I'm testing new assumptions in this new model, which is the forecast, by the end of the year, I've learned a lot and I've actually used the forecast on a real-time basis to then now put that into the budget. And so, mm-hmm. and, and really where the, you know, expenses are, don't usually change a whole lot. Really where the forecast comes in is really on the revenue side right. that helps me say, okay, you know, things are changing. Maybe it's ancillary, maybe it's a provider and helps then predict just internally better cash flow and all those other things. So I try not to change the budget, certainly can minimize the, the budget period. And I'll usually have a kind of a forecast that complements the budget and I update on a monthly basis. Yeah, that makes sense. I think probably a good general rule of thumb, you know, for myself, I've caught myself being tempted to change a budget mainly to save face, right? <laughs> yeah, so I don't have to sure. eat as much crow, right? <laughs> yeah. And so if you feel that, that's probably an automatic no. Like, yeah, stop right. it. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a good reason to change right. the budget. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But to make better decisions, maybe to to do a little bit better course correction, I, I can get on board with that. That makes sense to me. Well, yeah, you know, it brings us back to oh, this podcast we both listened to and I, and I, for, I forget that, you know, I think it was the Knowledge Project, but, you mm-hmm. know, they were, they were talking about how, you know, most professional gamblers or most just, you know, gamblers, but just poker players, most poker players, not professional, have a really hard time of getting better because they always, they, they have a wonderful ability to blame something else. Oh, it was just a bad draw. It was, you know, someone else hit, hit it on the flop. All these things that are push out that you actually don't have control. But once you sit in the seat and say, I've got control of this, it's on me. 
I need to think through it. Then you really start to learn. And, and that's really where this comes from of saying, okay, look, you said it, you're going to learn from it. Don't try to keep pushing stuff off. Like it's not ultimately, you know, not that you don't say that you can't get better at yeah. understanding your business. Take that head on and you're going to learn a ton from it. Absolutely. Jay, thank you. Uh, you know, this this topic is incredibly important. I'm hoping our, our guests picked up a whole lot from it. Just appreciate all of your, your knowledge and insight. And thank you all for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. For the show notes, transcripts, material from the show, and everything else MedMan does, head over to our website at medman.com. Remember, we'll be here twice a week sharing insights, ideas, and tools to help you as you level up your practice. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you, Jay. All right. Thanks, Jesse. See ya. Thanks for tuning into the MedMan podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's featured guest. For the show notes, transcripts, resources, and everything else MedMan does to help you level up, be sure to visit us at medman.com.